Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, a.k.a. Escaping the Matrix. Joining me in the series of Does My Vote Matter? And hopefully this is the last day for this series. And my co-host, Tamika Day, in the battleground state. Yes, the battleground state of Georgia with over 60,000 ballots left to be counted, not including those coming in from my active service members. Welcome to Mika for hopefully the last episode of Does My Vote Matter? Because clearly it has come down to let people know and recognize if they had not been recognizing their vote matters here in the great state of Georgia. Hello, everyone. I'm Tamika Day. This will not be the last episode of Does Your Vote Matter? There's going to be some runoffs. There's going to be more work to do, as you can see. Um, There's more to be done. So... Welcome. Let's get into this great topic. I'm Tamika Day. Success is my superpower and your vote matters. And voting is also you super, your superpower because a lot of people have not exercised their right to vote. They should have voted, even though, even though, even though we have had a record number of people getting out the vote this time, more so than any other past election in history. So shout out to those that waited in those lines. Shout out to those that mailed in those absentee ballots. Shout out to those that did early voting. I love each and every one of you for showing up to exercise your right to vote. And all of you all that did not show up because you think the system is failing you, you are a failure in itself. And I said that. I said that. Because, and I want to address this. I want to address this because I try to stay off social media a little bit until my campaign really gets wrapped up again. And I make a post here and there. But, To hear this notion again in this day and age that my vote does not help change anything in my community when people have gone out of their way to show you what the judicial and electoral process is in helping you out across this nation and across your community, even in local governments. So much so, so much so. And it's just talk to my brothers out there. They have even made shake dance videos for you to get out to vote, to get your attention and let you know that your vote matters. So I don't know what else can be done to help people understand that the only way that you can impact change in your community is to actually exercise their right and put people in place that is a representation of your community itself. And if those people do not exist, then it's your obligation to find people to lift them up. Don't blame the party lines because we have flaws in both parties, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party in selecting candidates. But you as community leaders, because we all are leaders, don't let it be fooled that because you don't serve on any board or you're not part of any organization that you are not a leader. If you are an adult and you pay bills, you are a leader because you might be inspiring somebody else that's looking up to you. So, yes, you can find people to serve as candidates and lift them up and bring them into your church organizations or nonprofits to put them in place that represents your community. But you have to believe in the process in itself. Has it been fair? No. Have things been done right? No. Do they use us just for votes? Absolutely. Yes. But we've known this for how long? So now knowledge is power because you know you're being used. How much longer do you allow yourself to be used and you take control and put the people in place to actually help out your neighborhood and help out your block and your squad and everybody else that you want to call on to make a change within the community and your outlying areas that that serve you as well, too. Sorry, got a little rant going on. 
So <laughs> it's okay. You done gave your your shout outs. I want to shout out to all the poll workers. And if you always thought that the poll workers were dated and old and senior citizens who retired, Mm-mm. oh, it's been a new generation of poll workers yes. who really understand the value of leadership and getting out there and being on the front lines. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A lot of them put their lives in danger. They risk, this is a pandemic. So I just want to say every year, elections in Georgia are made possible because of thousands of ordinary people that step step up to do an extraordinary call of serving as poll workers. It is estimated that over 5 million Georgians will vote and we've seen the numbers and there will be approximately 2,600 polling places in this general election that just happened. Having enough poll workers was key to ensuring that everyone who was eligible to vote had the opportunity to exercise the right on um, election day, which took place on November the 3rd. So I just want to say, even with um, Georgia, people having high risk age group, which is normally with COVID-19 poll worker recruitment, well, have become increasingly important and it's been difficult at times for people to get out and vote, but for people to get out and work. So those who really worked hard at the polls and it was paying generally about 60 to $140 per day. Mm-hmm. I even had I'm a coworker who took off work to go donate and give out water and to volunteer. So shout out to the volunteers and people who are not elected officials but stood in the gap for so many who had to work and really put their lives in danger. And as you can see, a lot of them are still working, texting, um, counting ballots, late in the midnight hours, getting up in the morning. So don't ever underestimate your role in any job, any profession, um, that what you're doing truly makes a difference because those poll workers are the one that's truly still there and just trying to make sure that we have a just yes. air process. Mm-hmm. When you have the other party, and I'm talking about the Republican Party, we're going to call people out today. Yes, we sure are. And you have people outside banging on doors, mm-hmm. banging on doors, and they're yelling, stop the count. You're really telling people that they don't matter. Yep. You're not that important. Say one it again. Vote, one more. That's probably been the hardest reality check. Say it again, Pastor. When you're looking at this reality TV show again, we like what's, it shouldn't even be this close. And we're going to get on that. I know Antonio can't wait to speak to how close the race is. And when you're looking at it, it wasn't a blowout. It is getting down to each and every single vote. Yes. Just making sure that people are really in the place to say where we are going to count these votes. And it does matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or Libertarian or independent, we want to make sure that your voice is heard and that whether whether you stood in line, if you stood in line for five to six hours, we want to make sure, or if you stood in line to even drop off the ballot, yes. if you drove your gas, put gas in your car and you had to drive far because there was only one ballot box in your state or in your town, all of that is important no matter how long it took for you to get there. I went and picked my kids up. We got in line at 550. I wanted to make sure that we was in line, I don't care what time, and the polling place closed at six. But as long as I was in those doors by six o'clock, I want to know that my kids were exposed to the process. It used to be a time where they let the kids out, they let the kids out of school 
But mm-hmm. I remember being in school, seeing people coming in to vote, um, being a part of the process, even at a young age. So we just really have to be mindful. But what do you think about that, Antonio? You have people saying, chanting, stop the count. We really want to see this other person in office, no matter how rude, how nasty, how negative, how he's treated our veterans, how he's Mm -hmm. disrespected women, Mm -hmm. how he's called African-American men, son of a bees. Dogs. All of that kind of stuff. And we're still yelling, cheering, and saying you are the best person for this job. Or what is it that people are saying that they dislike about the current candidate on the Democratic side that people were not really voting for him and Ms. Harris for vice president? What is it that we're looking at on both sides of the party? Is it because there's an African-American woman and you don't want her to be in that position? Because you're looking at two Caucasian men who are 70 and up Mm -hmm. fighting for a position of power. Yep. So what's your take? That's my deal. So to to go back to what Tamika is saying too about the uh, people sacrificing their life here in Georgia, they do. Because I know we, for instance, we do take COVID very seriously. I don't give a rat's behind about people talking about, oh, it's just like the flu. And whoever gets it, some of the younger people, they'll get it. They'll overcome it. Yo, I don't want no virus whatsoever. I don't like catching colds. I say this all the time. I don't like catching colds. I don't like catching the flu. I hate allergy season. So I, I definitely don't want to fight COVID because people don't understand about a virus. You don't know how it's going to affect your body until it hits your body, which is why you have people dying from the flu, even though we have a vaccine. So yes, for us, COVID is real. And I say that to say, Georgia, Battleground State, Georgia, we have over 309,000 cases already. We surpassed the 8,000 death mark the other day. COVID is very real. For so those poll workers out there and those people waiting, those people waiting in line, the volunteers showing up to give out water, the artists actually showing up to entertain people, to keep people in line, to let them exercise their right to vote, to say, we understand that you know, we only have so many uh, machines here. So please wait because your voice matters and we need you to vote. Thank you for what you're doing and what you did. I love, uh, we both love each and every one of you all. And I don't have to know you love you because I love you for your actions that you've done to serve the community because it's an important thing. So, yes. So now we look at, <laughs> but does your vote matter? It does matter because even though this is this is not even a blowout race, so Biden currently is sitting at projected 264 electoral uh, votes already. And Trump is sitting at 214. But it's really coming down to four key states, Georgia, Nevada, North Carolina and Pennsylvania. So and it's, and it's not a blowout. It is by no means a blowout. It is by no means a blowout, which lets you know that if you didn't do it this time, you typically not. I, I know they said this last time during the campaign, during the election with Hillary and um and Trump that, you know, if you voted for, if you voted for Bernie, then that was a vote for Trump. But no, this time around, if you did not vote, you, you, you probably did, depending on how it goes, you probably helped elect Joe or you probably helped elect Trump because you didn't get out and exercise because it's really coming down to hundreds of uh, votes in certain states like Georgia alone. Georgia may come down to 
probably a thousand votes or two thousand votes, which he can contest that, and he can he can which he's doing now. He's already suing to have them come back and issue a recount, but it's really coming down to a small, very small margin, and your vote does matter. Now, to touch on those, I'm interested to know too. I am very interested to know too how you can support this man. I believe, I thought we all supposed to believe in values. I thought as a nation of God, even though we have multiple religions here, but we still practice as a nation of God, that you serve the most high and you serve under certain values. So how do you hold Joe accountable for the things that he did with the criminal, that crime bill that he passed, which was horrible. And it's hard to forgive somebody because they can come back and apologize because he did apologize in all fairness. He did apologize and said that he made a mistake. And it's still hard because what if he was one of those families that got locked up for having a small amount of crack on you, a small amount of any drugs on you, and it caused it caused disarray in your whole household. You got locked up. So now you're being freed of those charges, but you have 10 years or 15 to 20 years that you've missed out on actually living a life with your family and creating something special. But you hold him accountable for that and you hold Kamala accountable for the actions she did in South, in, in South Carolina. I'm saying South Carolina. Oh my God. Jamie. Love you, Jamie. Thank you for a great race. Uh, California. But um, you don't hold 45 accountable for the things that he's done. You don't hold 45 for accountable for the racist things that he done when, before he even took presidency when he was actually, he actually was found guilty by your FBI. By the FBI. <laughs> for things that he did against minorities. And then to get into office and continue to do racist things. And people say, oh, he's not a racist person. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I go by actions. I go by actions. If you're chopping at a tree, you're chopping a tree down. I mean, I don't care how many times you beat a tree. You can tell me all day long. I'm not really hitting this tree. If I see the tree falling, you really are chopping at the tree and it's falling down. For this man to be put into place and he's doing all these things, somebody lock, lock, lock Hillary up, even though Hillary ain't even running for office no more. You're setting up border walls to prevent immigrants from coming to this country. Yeah, you're the one. You're using those same illegal immigrants in your business because you don't want to pay full-time workers and full extra livable wages in your own businesses. You're talking, trying to prevent Muslims from coming to this country because you think every Muslim is a bad person. And like Tamika say, for people taking the knee because they want to protest against police brutality, which we have already have numbers, we have data to back up the argument that uh, minorities are brutalized, brutalized by the police. And I'm not talking about just white police officers. I'm talking about police in general because we do have those serving in that uniform that are of my skin tone that still would beat the brakes off of me just because they want to look good for their friends. <laughs> so, but yes, <laughs> we're protesting police violence against citizens in general, citizens in general. And he's calling them thugs and he, he's calling them SOBs. But then when you have the other party, the other side getting up and they're marching, talking about what is it, blood and soil? Oh, there's good people on both sides. And then you're telling them, oh, stand down and stand back. Like, wait for my beckoning call to send you out, which he's done that. So now we clearly have seen that because now they're showing up at protests armed up. They're driving across state lines and shooting innocent people because they're, they should, don't even live over there, taking the gun across the border. And then they're only 17 years old shooting at civilians out marching because they have a right to march. But that's okay. They're driving, running down buses, trying to run them off the road. And then you have your president actually reposting and retweeting that video, I love my Texans. But yet, he increased the numbers of minority voters to vote for him. He doubled the black man's vote. He doubled the Latino vote. 
he doubled the vote for LBGTQ people. So what about this person that you see actually lines up with your own personal beliefs, especially though those that's in the community that's marginalized? How about the, the fact that even if you're part of the LBGTQ community, he doesn't even want you to serve in his military. He does not want you to serve in the greatest thing that he talks about so much. There's broadcast on you got you got uh, uh, serving on on the streaming platforms for gamers or so the military. I'm talking about the military. The military are all at major sporting events, but he won't even let you serve your country because he doesn't line up with what you believe in, but you support him. So, yes, today, this episode is a serious episode because it's one of those ones that make you really think about the people in this country and what your beliefs really are. Because in my personal opinion, this not should have been a close race. Now, do I love Joe Biden and Ms. Harris? No, I, I do not. I do not. They were not my candidates of choice. They weren't. And it's one of those things I did say, and I will, I will, I hold myself accountable. Some of the things I, I tweet out and some of the things I post on Facebook, I rather, I rather serve the devil that I know than to serve the devil that I don't know. And I do take that back now because the devil that I know is a devil in itself. And the devil I know does not need to be anywhere near people. Homeboy needs to be at one of his resorts locked up in the room with pads and a suit on and have food delivered to him as opposed to serving this doggone country. So I did. Let's take him out of the equation, right? (laughs) Okay. So if we remove um, the current president. Yes, remove 45. Yes. We remove him out of the equation and we take the presidency and we remove Biden out of the equation. Let's Uh look at how many people stand in the gaps in these jobs in government elected officials in a um, government positions, Mm -hmm. um, elected positions that are senators who was fighting for their own races. Mm -hmm. Let's look at um, community activists. Let's look at jobs, roles, people who are CEOs of companies. Who Mm -hmm. are the people who voted for him? These people pass down the same mindset and the same rhetoric as it relates to banking, financing, um, allowing African-Americans to be able to get a loan. I Mm -hmm. spoke to a gentleman and he asked me, what did I think about the race? And, you know, oh, my God, how are you feeling? Are you going to take off? And my response to him was, hey, guess what? Those are not the only people that we need to start looking at. Right. I want that my African-American husband can go into a bank, all things being equal with you, a Caucasian male, same job, same criteria, same credit score, same outfit on. I broke it all the way down to the clothes. I want him to be able to have the same opportunity in the bank that you have. Right. And until we're able to really start looking at those things and start looking at who's the CEO's of companies. Let's go all the way to Wells Fargo. We talked about this a couple of episodes ago. And he even mentioned, he said, we haven't had any African-American qualified um, candidates for the job. Yes. We got to stop perpetuating the problem, overlooking, um, waving our hands to things. Doesn't mean that you always have to be rude, disrespectful, and have backlash. But I do feel like some of us, we hide behind our desks. We hide behind our Zoom screens. We don't speak up and speak out when we see things are wrong, when people are being treated unfairly. Sometimes we go we go along to get along way mm-hmm. too much. A lot of us are the only ones in our seat, only yep. people that look like us in our jobs, in our professions. We're the only ones at the table. So we think, oh, we've made it. So let me not say anything because if I say something, 
I can't allow my salary to go from $100,000 back down. So you're kind of muffled and you're stifled a lot of times. That's what I like about being an entrepreneur because you do feel like, hey, guess what? I have something else to look forward to. Yes, I like the role that, I, that I'm in. I love being able to speak to a different audience and do different things. But for me, I do always find myself feeling like I don't want to be tongue-tied. I don't mm-hmm. want people having that much power and control over to, over me to where you can't say certain things, you can't respond in a certain way because you're representing the company, you cannot speak in a certain environment because, oh, she works here or he works here or you belong to this particular organization or group, so be careful. So sometimes a lot of these things that we put ourselves in, we, it limits us from really having a voice mm-hmm. and being able to help the next generation. And I know it's like one one and done. So you have people that sit in corporate seats who are scared to rock the boat um, on the corporate level mm-hmm. because fear that they're going to be fired because those are the people who voted for Donald Trump, whether it's in hospitals, board seats, um, private sector, education, just wherever you find yourself. So we also have to be accountable and hold other people in higher positions accountable. But when you start looking at those numbers, it gets real scary. Michigan, they tried to literally take out the governor. Yes. A Caucasian Democrat white woman. They tried Mm -hmm. to take her out. Do you think that really, I mean, that was a state that we're battling back and forth. Look at the numbers. It was like, I just think people ignore it. They just keep sweeping things up under the rug. We're totally living in a society where if you don't look like me, you're not right. Just like, I mean, you're talking about Michigan. Let's talk about Detroit. Detroit yesterday, like Tamika was saying early on, they were down at the poll count, at the, uh, the the ballot counter location, banging on the windows, talking about let us in, and we don't have a fair person in there. Even though Republicans had ballot watchers, paper watchers in there, but because they couldn't use, literally, they said this because they couldn't use binoculars to look at things being done. There wasn't fair representation. So I'm gonna ask this question. I'm gonna be real talking. Ask this question. How many minorities can show up at any business place of establishment and bang on the window? I mean, we can't even protest without them having tanks, tear gas, snipers and stuff set up firing rubber bullets to shoot us down for a peaceful protest. You talking about people showing up at ballot uh, counting locations, banging on a window, trying to force their way inside. And they wasn't arrested. No one, where was the Karens? Where was the Karens? No one called the police. On yes. the angry mob yes. of people outside. We haven't even spoken about them trying to run the campaign bus. We did. We spoke about that last week off the road. No, I did. Well, I just, I just said that in my rant. Yeah. <laughs> in my rant. The road. You know, the vice president. He is a former vice president of the United States. Yes. Let's let's not forget his position that he's been in. Let's not forget that the position that Ms. Harris <laughs> sits in and she's a, she has been and is an elected official. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody matters, right? Black mm-hmm. lives matter. Everybody matters. It matters. No one was arrested. Oh, we're going to do an investigation. 
Why do you need an investigation? You have their car tag. Yes. You have video. Had that been an African-American person, had that been somebody of color, you can, oh, oh, they are disgraced. You would have heard all kind of name calling. And, it, you know, you might would have had some gunshots. You would have had somebody arrested, pulled over for terroristic threats. It's no telling the allegations that would have been against the person trying to commit vehicular homicide. You could have ran somebody off the road. Yep. So all of these things, you could have given somebody a heart attack. Let's just start with that. So when it's, it's just not fair. I'm, I've been watching and I've been disengaging. I've been engaging and I've been trying to pull back, not just from the election results, which we really want to see the results. It's all the other things that's Mm -hmm. happening around the elections that we refuse as Americans to recognize and to talk about. And that, that's fueling these numbers. That's what's fueling. That's why a show like Maury Povey, um, what was the other show that was just crazy? Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. That's why yeah. these reality TV shows, Housewives, we like arguing, fighting. We love the hype of the drama. If it's not negative, Think about when a negative ad and campaigns come out, people go to the polls. Come on, America, let's wake up. Let's start doing better. Let's start having some ethics. Let's, right, let's let, create some loyalty. Let's and this start is what, holding ourselves accountable. And, and this is what we talk about with, with being equal across the board. Go ahead, go ahead, Tamika. Go ahead. No, because <laughs> this is, I mean, and it's sad because it, because you know with Tamika now we try to play opposite sides and normally I don't get on the, the um the, the all the black thing but I am gonna say it this time around because it is some BS like it is some straight up BS that these things can take place and you know there is nobody that can come and tell me there is nobody that can come and tell me that had it not been a black person doing all this that they would not have been locked up and probably killed more than likely killed more than likely killed had they not been doing all of this stuff that's taking place right now. I mean, like she said, like, and I, like I said, you literally tried to run a bus off the road to run them out of Texas. So much so they had to cancel the event that they paid for. They had to cancel because they were scared. And this dude cheered them on and said, I love my Texans. It is like, well, and only thing we're doing is taking a knee and we having peaceful protests because we're tired of police brutality. And we're labeled thugs. We're labeled terrorist organizations. They try to get Black Lives Matter labeled as a terrorist organization. And we've never shown up. We have never, Black Lives Matter have never shown up with no guns at any protest. They are now. Some of some people are because of what's taking place on the other side. They've never shown up. They never started any altercation. They've never done any of those things. But the other side does. Other side shows up hot and heavy. They wait for you to say something so they can start a fight, no argument. But they're okay. They're, they're just showing, they're just acting out of their passion and their love for their president and their strong beliefs of the American system itself. But is it not what we're doing when we're out here protesting? Peaceful protest. Yes. There, there's a difference. But it, it just, it's just very sad. So it just goes back to what we started out with um, last couple of episodes. We've been talking about, does your vote matter? So now, as I've been talking about being engaged, being accountable, let's find out. There are going to be some special elections. We know we're going to have, um, we're there going to be a runoff. We're going to have some runoffs in Georgia. Once again, Georgians, yes, you went out and voted. So let's see if these same numbers are yes. going to be the result of when the 
Senate race when you have to go back out and vote. That's why people do not like a runoff because it's like we have to rally, rally, rally. It should not take all of this effort and this energy for people to beg you to use your voice and to vote. You have the power and the people, the elected officials really work for us. We need to hold them accountable. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I think we get it twisted. You're the ones that's putting them in office. We're the ones that's saying, hey, we need potholes fixed, street lights. We need affordable health care. We need this. We have to stick together and use our voices, not just when it's time to vote for the presidency, but when it's any local election. So there are going to be runoffs in your local cities. There's going to be a state um, runoffs. You have to go back out to the polls and vote. It is not over just because the presidency, once it gets decided, we still have to use our voices and our energy. We still have to be engaged because there's going to be other elections. And I know we all get pumped up for the presidency. And this is the time when new people come in. We have people that's coming into Douglas County, new elected officials, but we still need to look at their records, who they are, show up to the polling places um, throughout the year, make sure you know what's going on in your area, request your absentee ballots, know when the early voting is going to start for these runoffs and just stay in tune, stay abreast of what's happening and stay accountable. Right, because we have elections typically every two years and every three years, depending on your local seats and then even uh, your U.S. like congressmen, congressmen and congressmen and congresswomen are voted every two years. And it's interesting because you will get mad about something not taking place in a restaurant. You'll get mad about your experience going into a business establishment and you'll want the manager You'll want to get people uh, fired for how they act, but you never hold your elected officials accountable and you're the ones paying the salary. They're using your tax dollars to pay the salaries of these individuals. And you will come out and complain about things that are taking place in your community, but you won't even show up to vote. And then when you do show up to vote, you vote for the same people that aren't working to do anything for your community. And I get sometimes you're like, well, there is nobody else on the ballot. So now when you see that, you have to work to improve just that, to get somebody else on that ballot that you feel comfortable voting for. Because as it stands now, no, there aren't people, There was, and I'm not going to lie, there's people on my ballot that I did not support. I did not support. I did a write-in. I wrote in for some of the, the, people, I, the people I knew that was running for office that did not make it. I, I, I wrote their name in because I don't I don't line up with some of the candidates that was on there for the Democratic Party because I'm not a Republican. I, I voted for Democrat. And I wrote in some of the Democrat candidates that was on there because to me, I don't line up with some of the, the incumbents that's out there. And that's just me being honest behind it because I'm a Georgia boy. Like to me, to me, can I come from the same neck of the woods? I'm a Georgia boy, true and true and true. And some of the people that's been coming in here that's been, for, uh, been in office that have not been doing anything for our community, I will not support them at all. I don't care what your party affiliation is. And that's really what it comes down to is like what your personal belief is. I don't care what your party affiliation is. I don't care if you're a libertarian, Green Party. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Democrat. If you're trying to do things to actually help the community out, then I'm going to rock with you. Plain and simple, I am going to rock with you. I am not going to support somebody just because I'm a Democrat and this vote blue no matter who. No, to me, that's, that's garbage. Because when do you actually hold those people accountable? Because we have places here in Georgia that's a pre- predominantly Democratic area and we have elected officials that are not doing their jobs. Like Tamika said, there's potholes. There are sidewalks that's being overrun with grass and stuff. 
we have some of the same business, especially when you come into the minority areas. You got, I don't know how many wing shops, how many uh, uh, churches is on every corner. How, like we always say about liquor stores, you don't have any grocery stores. They have like the Dollar Generals, all the dollar places. So you can't get access to any wholesome food or anything. And we actually have a Democratic elected officials that's in place that's not encouraging positive growth. To me, that's po- positive growth within those communities. But they will show up when it's time for gentrification. They will give tax breaks to um, real estate companies that wants to come in to tear down a lot of old houses, buy some of the, the older people that's been living there forever in the day, buy some of their real estate, tear down those old houses and put in brand new, this is part of the gentrification process, put in brand new multi-million dollar homes or homes that's going to outprice those within that area and cause taxes to go up, which means those that's living in the area that don't have access to higher wages, they have to travel. Like in here in Georgia, we always, I'm talking about Georgia all the time, that you have to travel an hour to get to a decent working place because just because you got a warehouse down the street and it's paying $12 an hour, that's not livable wages. To me, in Georgia alone, $15 an hour is not enough to actually survive off of on one income. You, this is the gig economy now. You have to work multiple jobs just so you can survive to take care of your family and actually enjoy life. Because who wants to work just to pay bills? Who wants to work to pay bills? Nobody want to go to work all day long and you don't get to see any fruits of your labor outside of I'm going to pay some bills and then I got to wait for a tax season to come around, see if I get a return. But even with this new tax reform bill, they've cut out some of the exemptions that I can claim to give me some return back. So hopefully I can get a little something back because maybe I've been overpaying a little bit in my taxes. So now I can go get my get a brand new car or I can invest in some home repairs around my house or my kids need something special that I couldn't afford because I'm working all these multiple jobs. So let me try to get them something then. So, I mean, you pretty much get what I'm saying. We have to wait till special occasions when we get a large sum of money to come in just to be able to actually enjoy a quality of life as opposed to encouraging real jobs and corporations to come into those areas that give us real salaries. Now we'll go back to what Tamika said. Well, a lot of corporations will say, well, we can't find any qualified people to come in here. Why don't you train them then? Like if you, it's that that's a lie in itself. But one thing I know, if working in corporate America for so long, no matter what job you get, they are going to train you for a period of time before they actually put you out on that floor and expect you to work at your own personal capacity to see what you can do. So I'm like, why can't you do that with regular people? If they don't, if it, let's let's say in IT, like I'm an IT guy. Everybody are IT people nowadays. Nobody can tell me you're not IT because everybody has smartphones. So if you can go open up a smartphone. If you can go to a web browser, if you can check your email, if you can make posts on social media, if you can connect everything to your Wi-Fi, if you can make sure that you can turn your Wi-Fi on and off because you're having issues, if you can connect the VPN because you want to get yourself secure, because we all see those ads on Google when you're trying to, I mean, on YouTube, when you're watching a video and you get the ads that pop up for a secure connection and protect your information and data online. So you can do all those little things. You can work in IT. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be a network security engineer like me right off, off, off the rip, but you can get a starting place at IT on a help desk. You can work, learn how to manage a, uh, a website on the front end doing like basic HTML, hypertext markup language. You can do basic stuff like that or CSS to make the site a little bit prettier. So you can do basic IT things out there. And this is just, I'm talking about some of the difficult, difficult jobs that you can do in IT and any form of engineering and stuff. We can introduce and train you on those things because, like I said, when new people come into the organization, they train them anyway. So why can't we have some of those same companies since we're giving tax breaks to real estate companies to come in some some of these places or we're giving tax breaks to corporations to come in there. But the corporations don't necessarily hire those within the area. They how they bust people in 
from outside the area. So you're not even hiring the the, the quality of people that's there that actually actually use that boost of income. Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't our elected officials actually holding the corporations accountable? And that's why I say, because I'm I'm on a rant today. That's why I say we need to start holding everyone accountable. It is not just about presidency. It is not about presidency. Because our local states, our state governments control what can and can take place within our state itself, which we saw that during this whole pandemic thing. So which means you need to get back out and vote again during these runoffs. You need to pay attention as citizens. You have to pay attention to what is taking place around your community and for people actually running for office, these elected officials. Don't just go for somebody because they look clean. Like I heard that a lot. Oh, I like this person because they look good in the suit. You're just trash to me. Don't just go for somebody because they're taking a lot of pictures on social media with popular people that you might know. Oh, they took a picture with Stacey Abrams or they took a picture with Kamala. No, no, or, or soon to be vice president. No, don't do that. Do your research on the individuals. A lot of these people out here are clout chasing. And I'm going to tell you that because I know that firsthand. A lot of people out here are clout chasing and they are looking for a title. They're looking for you to call them a commissioner, a congressman, a senator, a U.S. senator or a, a super district. They're, they're looking for a title just to get some kind of recognition and give them some form of power because they don't necessarily care about helping you as a, as a person. They care about actually having that status so they can use that status to benefit them more. Yes. And it doesn't matter what color you are. That is across the board for a lot of people. So you have to pay attention and look at some of these candidates that are actually showing up to see if they actually care about the community. And which is why I always say, you know, when I look at homegrown people, not everybody homegrown is about the area. But when you have local candidates, people that come from some of your rural areas or your urban areas that actually pay attention to that community, they know what you need or they should know what you need in the community itself. And they have more at stake because they grew up there. They have a lot more at stake than people that have moved in from outside of the area or outside of that state to come in and run for office. Now, I'm not saying that those that come in can't be empathetic to those within the area and say, okay, well, whoever is this person that's been in here now, since I've been here, they ain't been doing nothing and they got to go. Yes, that, that can happen. That can happen. But I, I say before you look at them, look at those that come from the neighborhood and see what they're saying. But in the end, it still goes back to looking into the individuals anyway. Do your research. Be an informed candidate. Not a candidate. Be an informed voter. Look at those people that are coming into office and make sure you stay abreast of what's going on with those people running in office. Because let's say they lost this, this, their past election this in this election cycle. Let's say they lost, but they're planning on running again. Pay attention to them. Listen to what they're saying. Look to see if they actually are trying to represent and care about the people and fight for the people because we need people right now that's going to fight for us. We don't need people that's out here crowd surfing on other party members uh, and their campaign rallies and stuff. We need people to represent our community as a whole, to not to partner up with ICE to come in and lock up immigrants that are here, to not coincide or, or lock up with what the president or 45 or whatever the president, whoever's in office then is saying and use their beliefs to push our stuff to look past their own personal religious beliefs because not everybody lines up with the same religion. Look at people and have some form of humanity out of love 
and respect because we all line up on some of the same certain things. If we have families, we want to make sure that we have good jobs, good health care. We have good school system that we can send our, our kids into. We have a nice quality of life. Our neighborhoods are clean and our neighborhoods are safe and we can go to decent jobs and we can actually survive and love each other as a human race. Not as a Democrat, not as a Republican, not as a Green Party, not as a conservative, not as a libertarian. None of those things actually look at each other as human beings. And the only reason we're out here preaching now about Black Lives Matter or those in the LBGCQ, their lives matter, is because we're being disenfranchised and people are discriminating against us. The, you know, I, I have to say this and I have to be honest with you. The average white person does not have to worry about somebody discriminating against them because of their skin tone. They don't. Now, you can make the argument that black people talk about white people or black people say this and that about white, person, white people, but they're not in a place of power to prevent you from getting any access to anything. They're not in a place of power to prevent you from getting loans like Tamika was talking about. They're not in a place of power to tell you that <laughs> we're trying to keep your neighborhoods safe. They're not in a place of power to, to, to kick you out of businesses and tell you that and we, during the pandemic, because you got a mask on, we don't want you coming in here with a mask on because we don't feel safe with you being around us. They're not in a place of power to discriminate against because of your hairstyle. Yes, we get looked at because of our hairstyle and let go because of our hairstyle. You're, you're not, they're not in a place of power to say because we speak up that we potentially get fired or we're called an angry black person or angry black man or angry black woman. You don't have to worry about any of those things that we are subjected to. And I, and I, like I said, I like to be the one that don't always talk about race. But it's just funny when I look at this, this election cycle and how so many people voted for this man and the things that he's done. There's no way in the world nobody can tell me that this guy is not racist. There, there's, I mean, there's, there is no way you can tell me he's not racist. Especially when you tell me as a black man, he's done more for the black community. Like, how do you tell me, how, what has he done for the black community? Like, really, what has he done to improve my lifestyle? And if you tell me about he passed a crime reform bill, I'm not a criminal. Never served a day in life in jail. Never got arrested for anything in my life. I'm an educated black man. What I mean, that, that's done, done nothing for me. I mean, has he helped out with corporations to ensure that they're hiring more minorities within their organizations? Why is it that when I go into office, there's only two or three of, two or three of us out of 20 or 30 other people that's in there? <laughs> so I'm like, so you haven't really done anything to improve my lifestyle whatsoever. So telling me that somebody passed a criminal reform bill, it does nothing for me. It does nothing for me because it's really the only thing that people can talk about. This does nothing for me at all because I'm not a criminal. I don't, I don't get into things like that. I don't, I don't purposely go out trying to break the law. I don't go to be a part of the system. I'm actually trying to raise a family and actually have a sustainable life and have something saved up to invest and give back to my kids and enjoy my life when I go into my retirement years. So you can't tell me as a, a black man that this man has done more for the African-American community because if you tell me that, you got to come with some receipts and some facts because I haven't seen any of that. And I don't operate off of feelings. I operate off of, I'm an I'm IT guy. I operate off of facts alone. So that, that's my that's that's my rant, <laughs> because this election cycle has brought it up in me because it is angry to me to see that. It should not have been this close. It should not have been this close. And I get it. You know, a lot of people don't like Joe Biden. I, I get it. A lot of people don't like Kamala. I, I understand it 100 percent. I really do. I do. Like I said, they were not my first choice. Bernie was my first choice. But. As it stands now, you have to go with what you're given. You have to go with what you're given. And it's sad that it is, that's where we are right now. And like I said, it should not have gone this close. You should not be coming down to these small margins of vote to give one person the, the electorate. It's just, it should not have been this way. And it hurts me because, 
you know, Tamika and I, we, we text outside of this and it's like, we have a long, we still have a long way to go. Nobody can tell me otherwise, we still have a long way to go. They can't say that, oh, things are better for the black community. Tell me how, like rip for real, tell me how. Like again, I, I, we just gave you multiple examples now of how these protests are taking place. People banging on windows and you know for a fact, you know for a fact, had it been anybody, any other race doing that, that they would have had tanks and water cannons and, and dogs sick on them to rush them out of there. Tear gas fired on them. I mean, you can't even have people protest in front of the White House. The pro- people were protesting, playing playing songs and everything in front of it. But because 45 wants to come out and do a photo out with a Bible that he wouldn't even hold in the right way and surprise his hands and set on fire. Probably, probably would blank pages like the other stuff that he'd be showing. Just so he can do a photo op. You shooting rubber bullets at people and tear gas to get them to vacate from in front of the White House, the people's house. That is the people's house. If I can't protest anywhere, I should be to protest there because my salary, my dollars go towards taking care of those, everybody, everybody, anybody, everybody that's in the house. But you're running me away because you want to do a photo op. But yet these people are marching, coming across state lines to put themselves into protests they have nothing to do with and then want to say that they're practicing lawlessness. Is that not what you're doing? Are you not the ones that's having your cows graze on federal land and when the government tell you to stop that you can have a militia show up and actually push the police officer away? So no, it is not fair in this country. And nobody's going to tell me otherwise. It is not fair in this country. I still, I still though, like to believe in hope. I do like to believe in hope. As bad as it is, I still like to believe in hope. And I still love all my people. I am not a hateful person. As much as I might rant about a disparity taking place because we have to highlight the disparities taking place I still love all people. I do. But I want the system to be fixed. And I want the system to be fair. I want the system to actually represent every citizen, not just one. So I'm going to turn this back over to me because I've been ranting for a minute. It is okay. We needed those good rants. Sometimes it's good to get that energy out and to say what it is you're just really passionate about and you want to really help the audience to feel where you're coming from and I hope that our goal when we're doing the podcast is to really help you all to just think and to make you really feel like you need to do something. You need to discuss these um, important and critical issues. You need to have these conversations. That's why I'm always going back to um, engaging. I know y'all probably like, ah, Lee, that's all she talked about. Yes, because I want you to get involved. Find a new organization and volunteer, sign up mentor somebody online through Zoom, have a purpose, figure out what organizations your company support. Maybe that's something that we should all be looking at. What are some of the ways that you could volunteer through your company? Many companies and organizations and institutions support other companies, um, other nonprofit initiatives because they believe in their core values and their principles. A lot of times we don't like to bring politics and religion into the workplace because of the way people handle their homes. So there's a way to be included with other people without being biased, without necessarily um, discussing your political party. But there are a lot of things that I would say we all agree on. We all want affordable health care. I don't care who you are. You want it to be affordable. Also, we all can agree that we want the best education for not if you don't have children, you want the best education for your family. Mm-hmm. You know, you want the best education, hopefully for any niece or nephew or family member or the neighbor's kids down the street, because we understand that with a better education, 
it helps shape a better future. It makes us more, more knowledgeable. It helps to shape, shape society. Let's talk about, we, we've gotten away from our economic conversations, but when you start to really go deeper into this voting, and when you go deeper into this election, if you do not get the person who you wanted to win, what are you going to do different? Mm-hmm. Those are the deep questions I want you to ask. Whether President Trump stays in office or whether Vice President Joe Biden becomes the new president, how are you going to affect your life, your family life, your community, and the people around you? What are you going to do different? What has this election taught you that you wasn't even thinking about before? I'm sure for some of you, you're probably thinking about running for office. So if you're thinking about running for office, there's a lot of things you need to start gearing up for, you know, know exactly what that person does in that particular seat. Start following that person's page, newsletter. Sign up for somebody's newsletter if you're not getting it. You know, know who your local senator is for your particular state. Georgia has two state senators. Who Mm -hmm. are the senators currently? We know they're running against some other people, you know, but pay attention to your large races. Who are your House of Representatives? Who sits on your local school board? Start getting involved. You have no excuse now. Maybe you couldn't make the meeting before, but now the meeting has gone virtual. Figure out what time slot you could slide one of those meetings in. Even if you don't attend every meeting, I don't attend every meeting, but at least start becoming familiar and putting your name on the list so that they can check you in, so that they can see that you are a concerned citizen. All of that um, matters as it relates to, I signed up to volunteer with the city of Douglasville. Even though I live in the county, I don't even have the opportunity to vote for the mayor. So a lot of people don't know that just because you live in a particular town or a particular community, do you live on the outskirts? That's why when you start hearing the terms rural, urban, in the city, in the county, yes, we have a mayor for the city of Douglasville, and then I have a county commissioner for the county, but I have a business that is in the city of Douglasville. Yes, it can be very confusing. So I need to be more involved in the economic input and output of what's going on around where I have a business that I physically pay rent for. (laughs) So those type of things you need to kind of know. Your kids' school, um, look at what's going on around um, the school districts. The more we talk about elections and voting, you start to see how our schools are getting more and more segregated. Mm-hmm. And they're pushing kids into different areas and different schools and which school is getting the money and which school is not getting the money, whether it's a public school or a private school. My kids go into a private school, but guess what? My tax dollars still support the public school. So I had to figure out there are some services that my kids still can receive from the public school. And we're taking advantage of those services, even though they no longer attend public school. How did I find that out? Because I'm a concerned citizen. I talk to people. I know who's in my area. And they was like, hey, something that would cost me normally $5,000, I can get free within the public school system or my tax dollars, shall I say, have already covered 
the expenses of some things that, some resources that are needed and that are necessary. So I know it sounds like we're just beating you up, we're <laughs> ranting and raving, but we really are passionate and we really have a love for just people in general. And we just want to see people do better. Yes. Um, oh, they're right. You know, a lot of questions came up, whether or not can you vote if you're a felon? What type of misdemeanor can you vote for? And a lot of people are still afraid to vote because they feel like when they put their license yes. in the scanner that the police is coming. That is not true. So yeah. we still have a lot of myth. We have a lot of negativity. We have a lot of um, negative things that are happening in the polling. But one thing I can say is that we all showed up to vote and we are still pressing to get it done. And now you should really, really see how important your vote is. Right. And I think if you're running for office, please know what the office, the seat that you're running for, what they do. Because you get a lot of people running for office and they start making all these claims of what they're gonna what they're gonna be able to do. And it's like that's not that's that's not a part of your job. So, <laughs> so yes, if you if you plan on running, please know what you're gonna be doing. Now, I will say your voice can make a difference as far as, you know, um influencing certain things. But yeah, don't don't try to run for a local seat and you talking about you're going to change the laws across this whole state and, and how you and how you're going to do it. That, yeah, just don't don't do that. So again, it goes back to being an informed individual. And yeah, I know what we're saying now. It doesn't sound like we're, we're beating you up. We're not. It's just, you know, we want fairness across the board for everybody. For everybody. For everybody. I, I, you know, we, we want we want it to be equal for all my all races. And But the, the passion comes out of love for people because we come from a rural place. Like, you know, before making Blue the Highway is now making used to be real rural. It was country. And, you know, a lot of, I think I said in one of the other podcasts, certain parts of making that you can even go to that. Well, if you was a certain individual, you couldn't go to. I don't care if you had. can. <laughs> Let's talk about it. And you don't feel comfortable. And you're you looking don't. as if you are a threat. You sure are. Neighborhood sometimes. And people yes. still treat you like you don't belong. Like you need to wear, I am college educated on your forehead. Even though yes. they may not be college educated. They still want to treat you like, where did you come from? Who are you? Why are you here? We're dealing with that in our own neighborhood, you know, right. or not even in our neighborhood. You, you hear, you heard what Donald Trump said, President Trump. He said, hey, we're going to save the suburbs. Right. So what he's saying is we don't want people that don't look like us in our community. But I thought it was a free country. So why is mm-hmm. it your community? Isn't it land and space? Aren't I able to buy a house? if I qualify in right. whatever area that I want. So that's how you know that people are still being mistreated because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I mean, so we we understand the hardships. Like For us, it's personal for us because we come from the Deep South. I don't know if y'all know anything in this, this, uh, this belt line down here. We come from the Deep South. We didn't come from the city-fied areas. We... <laughs> I mean, even me growing up in Stone Mountain, they were still doing Confederate reenactments when I was growing up in Stone Mountain Park. And I was being called... doing all that. Wait, did you hear... I don't know if you paid attention to it, but on CNN, they kept saying the state of Georgia and the state of Atlanta. No, I didn't pay attention to that. Because that's two different things. The state of Georgia is rural and is Caucasian. But the state of Atlanta, (laughs) Fulton County is where they was looking for a majority of those Democratic votes. So right. 
As you can see within a city area of population, people think that Georgia's majority black. No, Atlanta, Fulton County area may have a larger number and a larger population of African-Americans. But when you start looking at the state as a whole, it's not Mm-mm. that diverse. It's not diverse at all. People come where they feel more comfortable. So in Atlanta, they feel comfortable. They feel safer. But you can go one exit over from where I live and I have a friend whose daughter is the only person of color in her class. That's insane. In a rule in a state like Georgia that's almost about to flip to blue coming up real soon to where we still are looking at our kids as being the only person, the only one of color, the only African-American, the only female. We are fighting against some things, you guys, just trying to have a better life, better education, better homes, the same services that you wanted, the same services that I want. I don't want them just because I'm in a black neighborhood or predominantly white neighborhood. I want great service. Mm-hmm. I want um, community leaders that are that know my name on a first name basis. I want people that can walk up and speak to me and feel comfortable with speaking to me without feeling like, oh, is she going to cut my head off? Where do we get all of this negative rhetoric and, you know, rambunctious attitude from? You know, a lot of us sitting in high positions and we still should not be mistreated and we should not be labeled because of the color of skin. When my daughter's home talking about Karen's, and she's thin, and she know where Karen is, and she says, "Mommy, Karen is mean. Karen is not nice." I watch the Karen videos. This is a reality. It sure is. Oh my god, it's real. It is, and that's the. And I guess we'll talk about it in another episode because it's like people don't feel comfortable around us. But what about us and how we feel comfortable? Which is why we end up in these progressive areas, and we all end up around one another because. We don't feel comfortable going out of certain in this state. We don't feel comfortable going out of certain areas because of how we're going to be mistreated. Now, is that the experience for everybody? No, because one of my last people I interviewed, you know, she said she didn't experience a lot of that stuff. I know I did personally growing up in certain areas I went to. Oh, especially if you go to North Georgia in the Woodstock area and you go past Woodstock. Yeah, you got to be real careful going up there too because they're going to look at you and they're they going to look at you side eye and, and they're going to be questioning what you're doing up there because it's in the mountains and the, we have some beautiful mountains here. So, um, yeah, it's like, what about, you know, us as minorities when we want to, because we just want to survive like everybody else want to survive. What if I go to a rural area and I, I mean, I like I like trees. So even though I'm an IT guy, I still like land. I still like getting, getting outside. I like greenery. So what if I go to an area... And I'm just going there. I'm not looking to see the demographics. I just want to go there because it looks beautiful and they have nice real estate out there. But now it's like I still I personally have to be cautious about where I'm moving to because I have to worry about how I'm going to be treated out there. Is it going am I going to get random people throwing stuff at my house driving by? We, we've I've, we've seen cases like that here. People might post a, a BLM sign in their yard or they just, you know, they're a minority in the community because I experienced it about buying my first house out in um in a rural area because I don't live in an urban area in the rural area and I was a, uh, one of the only single guys in my neighborhood at the time as a black man and people come just do a slow drive by my house looking at me and I'm like I just saw a house like the price I bought it I wasn't paying attention to who lived out here where I'm at so yes just to wrap things up <laughs> just to wrap things up 
Yeah, this election has has been an eye opener. This past four years has been a real eye opener. But this this election cycle and this election has been a real eye opener on what people's true values are. Because I think you do. I personally believe that you line yourself up with the candidates and what they believe in. Now, you you might you might tell me that you know you're not a racist because you have you know black friends or you have Hispanic friends or you like everybody, even though you're a Christian, you like Muslims or you're like Buddhists or everybody. You might tell me all those things. But when you line yourself up with a candidate or somebody that's currently in office and they do those things, whether you're racist or not, your belief still lines up with what they do. And I'm more scared of you than you are of me. And this is what makes me cautious. And I, and I, and I have to go with Tamika on saying that we have a long way to go about equality in this country and all of us being treated fair and being treated equal. So as we wrap these things up, I'm always give it over to Tamika first because I'm a Southerner and I believe ladies should always, should always go first. So I'm going to get handed over to her first <laughs> to wrap things up. And then I, we're going to always, as always, we're going to end it with something positive. Okay. We have talked about a lot of different things today. So let me find a good quote that I think would lead you in a good direction and hopefully um, we'll be able to wrap up this election and next time we talk to you, we will have a new president to shed light on what all we've learned and kind of go back over some interesting um, facts. It says, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know and you are the one who will decide where you go. So I hope that we left you with something inspiring and that you can make some great decisions to decide where you go. I am Tamika Day. Success is my superpower. And I just want to say, I, I would give y'all one of um, Antonio's, his, his great closing uh, <laughs> quotes that I make up. But uh, with all of us, challenge yourself to be better. Challenge yourself to be better because no matter how great you are, there's still opportunities for you to do to be even greater. Uh, mentor, find somebody to mentor. I have a, a young man that I mentor that went to school with, with my kids, but find somebody to, to mentor because you don't have to be in a position of power to have somebody look up to you. You don't have to have a ton of money to have somebody look up to you. Just doing good in life. You never know who's watching you to see how you're doing and you're actually influencing them. So, so, Always spread yourself out because to me, that's how you have longevity. That's how you have eternal life is when you spread the goodness of yourself into other people and inspire them to be a change within themselves and to other people around them that they come into contact with. And it becomes a perpetual thing that they continue to do good because only if we do that can we actually see the change that we're talking about. So invest in others outside of yourself and make sure you feed the next generation that's coming up behind you. I am Antonio Cortez Hicks, Mr. Escaping the Matrix. Uh, stay tuned into my, my website, ptgtv.online. I have started a new series up on Twitch called On the Couch to help battle mental health and make awareness for those within the gaming community. It's not something I typically do, but I found myself um, actually mentoring, like well, mentoring, but giving advice to people that are suffering through mental health because I suffer through a lot of this stuff myself. All through depression, suicidal thoughts, all those things myself, and I've overcome it. So 
you, like I said, you have to give back. So I started this series every Thursday at nine o'clock, sometimes 10 o'clock, depending on the guest, to have a conversation, answer any questions that you might have. How long is it going to be going? I don't know, but I brought this up just to say, I'm trying to give back to help you fight your mental health issues every Thursday. It's called On the Couch, twitch.tv forward slash escaping the matrix. But anyway, you can find it on my website at ptgtv.online. Thank you guys again. You stay safe. Please stay safe during this election cycle. Do not let it overtake your life. Uh, no matter who's elected, life still goes on. There will not be a purge. I hope there's not a purge. So <laughs> stay safe. Always continue to do your best. Make sure you have preparations. Don't get complacent in anything that you do. Strive to grow your grow your grow your brand. You are your own brand. So love you guys again. Until the next episode. Happy podcasting. Thank you.